everyone, and thank you for joining us for a special video edition of Pride Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And actually today I'm gonna ask our co-host, Catherine Bishop, to be our guest. So Catherine, president of the OEA, how are you? I am great. I am so excited for today. Well, I, I wanna ask, uh, so there was some action by the OEA board. Tell us about what happened this weekend. Yeah, so this Saturday, uh, this past Saturday, our OEA board of directors uh, met and took bold action uh, regarding a motion to support a resolution as well as a plan of action and how we were going to address uh, the pandemic that we're currently in. Okay, so why why do something, why do a resolution like this, why now, where did this come from? For this last year and a half, it is important that we reflect on what has happened um, during this time. We uh, know the importance, or especially over this last year, we know the importance of our students being face-to-face -face for learning. We know the importance of are the prevention layers that were put in place to keep students and teachers, support professionals, and the whole community safe. Mm -hmm. And we also knew the importance of um, how our school uh, boards and administrators worked closely, hand in hand, with the health experts to guide those decisions as they went forward. So could have, okay, so this is something we've talked about, especially the pandemic and and the the learning environment needs for all of this time. Could OEA have done this without the board? And kind of explain a little bit to what the OEA board is. All right. So our OEA board of directors are made up of members. The cool mm -hmm. thing, they're made up of you. They're members mm -hmm. elected by members throughout the state to represent them, to bring and decide issues at the state level on our OEA board. We have 27 members of our OEA board. And so could this, <laughs> yes. So could you, have, could you have done this without them though? You know, here's the important thing as president, it was imperative for this the level of a decision to be brought to our directors that are representing our members to right. help guide the decisions going forward. Right, right. Because it's, ever, I mean, the board is is all parts of the state and you've got people from, you know, the biggest districts from very rural communities and everybody in between. Because it's, it's very representative, in, in my view, as a non-member, representative of OE membership as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. And not only are, does it represent teachers, it represents support professionals. It also represents administrators. We have an administrator at large. We have um, our retired president that sits on our board and our aspiring educator uh, representative as well. So from our students in the College of Ed to our retirees, it is it has the breadth of who we are. So there are three um, action items, three takeaways that are part of the resolution. Can you give us a look at what those are? Yeah, great. Uh, the first one is to give voice to our local officials, to our members, our, who, who, who we are. 
Uh -huh. I've said it before, our teachers, our support professionals, our administrators, and our parents and the students, there's such a huge piece to this and uh -huh. to tell their stories and to, I mean, this is something we do all the time. And we could have easily done this without board action. We, we do it all the time. But uh -huh. when we get down into the second and third points that were part of our, part of our plan and the uh, resolution and our plan of action, we, uh, Let's go to the third point first. It was to stand in solidarity with the Oklahoma State Medical Association in their lawsuit against the state of Oklahoma. And by doing that, uh, then we're able to address the second point, which is to uh, facilitate crucial conversations across the state with health, health experts, those that are most qualified to help us to drive these decisions along with our locals around the state. So let's talk about the lawsuit first. Why, are, why would OEA support this lawsuit? And then are there other organizations that are taking a look at this too? Yeah. This lawsuit was brought about because of the passage of Senate Bill 658 that happened last spring by our Oklahoma State Legislature signed into the governor. So it's now um, on the books. It's a statute that we have. But what this law does is it ties the hand of our local school boards. Uh -huh. And they have a constitutional right. It's in our state constitution. The authority that our state boards have to make decisions for the health and safety of our students, uh -huh. uh, school personnel, the community, that is what they're obligated to do. And this restricts that authority that they have. Right. And so this lawsuit is looking to undo that um, those binds on our school boards. Right, they're um, not, yeah, they're not able to sit down and look at their district and say, where are we at? And right. what do we need to implement? It's just, right. it's beyond what somebody would ever imagine. So are there other organizations that are looking at this also? <laughs> Yeah, there are several other partner organizations that are that are in the kind of the same process that we went through. They're consulting with their board of directors and looking to stand um, in solidarity with them as well. well we're going to keep an eye on that. I'm very interested because I've heard chatter here and there. So I'm interested to see how that plays out in the coming weeks, especially with the lawsuit um, scheduled for a court hearing this week. Um, so we've talked about uh, giving voice to um, those in Oakland who are affected by COVID, which is good goodness, everyone. Uh, we've talked about the lawsuit and talk to us again about the third, uh, the third point there. Yeah. So standing with the Oklahoma State Medical Association, you know, this is what we saw was so powerful in this last year. Mm -hmm. They were the, they are, they not were, they're not were, they were, they are the experts. Right. And, and, and the co, how we coalesced with them last year as an education community. So it's bringing together the health experts and the education community so that we can work together because that's how we make the decisions that will right. help make us go forward. So bringing people together, you mentioned it kind of goes back to our the second point of that resolution. Um, when I when I first read that, I was just like, well, how will that happen? Like, can you give us sort of a concrete look at how can how can OEA OEA leaders OEA members be part of that facilitating the relationships? Um, in our communities. Yeah. So when uh, we have been working with the Oklahoma State Medical Association, we uh -huh. told them that we were looking to help 
support them, they uh -huh. were thrilled beyond beyond words. So we're looking at setting up, you know, whatever is going to be um, that the safety and the health of the community, whether it needs right. to be virtual or face to face. But we want to set up like town halls, so where the community can come and hear from the experts and help yeah. make those local decisions that are going to that are going to help them go forward. And see that, I mean, and you just said it, it comes back to local control and to communities deciding what they need when. Um, so I, it's, I hope that people see that in this because that's really what you guys were, were shooting for. Yeah. And this is not about, this isn't necessarily about a mask or a vaccine or any, it's about local communities being able to handle their own business. Mm -hmm. Just like they did last year. And mm -hmm. we were able, so, so many of our districts around the state were able to uh, create a plan, whether that was through um, totally in-person, a hybrid model, an A-B schedule, whatever they needed to do to help keep their students learning uh -huh. and their school personnel in a safe working environment. That that was the beauty of it last year. We had a model in place. Right. And, you know, if, if we could have kept that going forward this year, we would not be in the situation that we're in. Man, I think about everything that was learned last year, that districts learned last year, um, and then we sort of changed the game as we come back to school in this August, this August. And I, I, it goes back to me, to what do we think that our kids deserve? So when you think about that, what, what do you think about when you think about like, what is it that our kids deserve from us as the adults in the situation? You know, our kids deserve um, a learning environment where decisions are made on their behalf, that they know that they're going to be safe and they're right. going to be learning. Um, no matter if they're in 12th grade or first grade, there right. are students and there are charges that we have before us, no matter if you're a teacher or a sport professional or a school board member. Um, mm -hmm. They are our charges and we are, at, they're entrusted to us to help make those decisions. You know, it, it amazes me all the time that uh, our school personnel, they're they're constantly, uh, we're, we're running uh, drills to make sure that they're safe from a fire or drills right. to make sure they're right. safe from an intruder or a tornado, that mm -hmm. we will put our life on the line to protect them. Mm -hmm. They're expecting the same thing out of this. This is no different. And, and this, is, this is a public health issue. This is not a political ideology or a partisan issue. It is about keeping our communities safe. It's a big issue. And that's why just partnering with the Oklahoma Medical uh, Association is, it, it just, it, it puts us together and what we need to do. You know, when you talk about um, doing things for our community, um, our community includes, our when I think of the school community specifically, we've got students with just a huge broad range of needs. We have kids who have absolutely no physical challenges, and then we have kids who have major medical conditions. Um, and I know that you spent your career as a special education teacher who worked with a lot of kids who had physical needs. Um, what kind of goes through your head right now? Oh, 
my, it goes through my head and it goes through my heart. Yeah. Because uh, knowing the students that were in um, my elementary, a third of our students had disabilities and many of those students had severe and profound disabilities and were medically fragile. I just remember every year I took the flu shot for them. I took the flu shot because many of them were medically fragile and they couldn't take the flu shot. I needed to make sure I was doing everything as the adult to protect them from getting sick. And, and that's what goes through my mind. What, what, are we doing what we should, what should we be doing to make sure that we are protecting our students, all of our students, not just the ones that are going to be healthy and come to school? And, 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 and what's scary right now, Carrie, is this uh, variant is so contagious. Our, our healthiest students are, are testing positive. Yeah. And, and so we have to, I always say it this way, we have to do good for others. We have to take care of others. You know, when, if you ask my six-year-old, why does she wear a mask? She'll say for my friends, mm-hmm. you know, she, we are blessed that she doesn't have any physical uh, issues and, but she knows that there are other kids that she needs to protect and kids get it, you know, they get it. Yeah. And, and just because a student may not look like they have health issues, they, there's yes. so many of their health issues are invisible and we right. can't see them, but to know the thought that, that we would put a child at risk that is entrusted as, at a, for, within us um, is mind boggling to me. Well, what can OEA members expect now? Now that this yeah. has happened, now that the board has had this debate, passed this resolution, what, what comes next for OEA? Yeah, so here's where the real work begins. Uh, we have already been communicating and listening to our members around the state, but we need more. We need to hear their stories. We need to hear what they're going through. And we need to be able to share those stories. Uh, that puts a real face to a real time and what we're experiencing in our schools. And then we are going to be setting up and be ready that when we set up convenings to with our health experts, that you come and you bring somebody with you because knowledge is power. And this is about making sure that we have the best resources in our school and we have the best knowledge we have going to help everyone be safe because it's about being safe. Right. Right. Um, And staying, keeping able to learn in person. Which is what everybody wants. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what, yeah, that's what, you know, it is, that is probably the number, if you ask, ask people, what's the most important thing? It's about making sure that we have in-person learning because we know the effects. Doggone it. It was hard. Um, yep. It was hard to teach virtually, learn virtually. We know that. We know the social emotional toll that it, it took on our students. Uh, schools were established to be social environments. And, and so that, and in schools last year, we learned how to continue that. Right, and, right. And do it in a way that, that kept, kept people safe. Um, and we, we just think about all last year, what we were able to accomplish. It was an incredible feat that uh, nobody thought we could do and we did it. And yes. so that's what we need to have in place again for this year. Well, 
thank you for taking the time to explain this to everyone. Um, thank you for your leadership and service. And um, we'll keep an eye on what happens next. Thank you. In light of Labor Day, we are so excited to be joined today by our dear friend, OEA Vice President, Carrie Elledge. How are you, Carrie? I'm here. You are. <laughs> Carrie loves doing this kind of thing. She's super pumped. Yep, it's my favorite. <laughs> well, in light of Labor Day, we wanted to talk um, about our governance and structure and our um, new governance. Catherine, as you know, took over July 1, and so did Carrie. Um, so Carrie, for folks who might not know you, give us a little bit of background about uh, you were a fifth grade teacher. Yes, in Norman, Oklahoma. So why fifth grade? God bless you. I, I have a sixth <laughs> grader and just way to go. First of all, if you've ever met a fifth grade teacher, they will tell you it is the very best grade that has ever existed. <laughs> I started in third grade and really uh -huh. loved it. I, I loved teaching cursive. I'm one of those oh, people. Cool. However, um, when the opportunity came up to go to fifth grade, I knew that I needed to do that because I really like the content of fifth grade curriculum, especially in the area of American history. So uh, fifth graders, I had I pose this question to anyone I know who's a fifth grade teacher. Do fifth graders ever stop talking? <laughs> You're funny. Uh, <laughs> depends on the kid, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But no, the answer is no. <laughs> Especially the second semester. Oh. They kind of get into their own. They ram sure. And then up. you're ready for them to go to middle Senior school. Senior-itis <laughs> as a fifth grader yes. is a real thing. So um, – Tell us about your sort of union journey. Did you join right away? What made you decide to become a member of your member and then leader of professional educators of Norman? Tell us about joining. So I am union born and bred. Both of my parents were union members. So I grew oh, cool. up in a household. I knew that that was what you do when you become um, a professional in yeah. whatever career that you join. My dad was Plumber Pipe Fitters Union, and my mom was a member of the Public Employees Association. So I just knew that this is what you do. Yeah. And yeah. I did it. Um, and then, so, but you weren't just a member. No. You, you <laughs> so talk about your journey, your leadership journey, because you, there's a lot that happens between being a member and then being vice president of OEA. So many teachers and so many of our educators are leaders. They are just, we're doers. We are doers yeah. as yeah. people. So I got involved pretty early on, um, became a building rep my second year um, as a classroom teacher. And then quickly became, I remember the first year, the president at the time came up to me and said, um, you're not a first year teacher. We think you should be the secretary of Penn. And I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Actually, I am a first year teacher. Um, so maybe not, maybe not today. Let's try tomorrow. And so, you know, you know how it goes. Uh, you have sucker written on your forehead and then all of a sudden you're the vice president of OEA. No, I'm just kidding. That's not really how it works. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, you get involved and then you just want to continue to make that difference. And so yeah, yeah. I, that's what I did. So talk, Penn has, um, professional educators of Norman, as I mentioned, Penn has faced a lot of challenges, like many local associations because of the pandemic. Um, every school district is sifting through a million questions to answer and problems to solve. And, and locals are part of all of that. So what was it like wrapping up your service to Penn? You were president 
um, during such a tumultuous time? Listen, transitions are always going to be hard for everyone. And I think you've got to really think about, if you're thinking about the good of the whole, you're Mm -hmm. thinking about Mm -hmm. what do we do that's going to serve the most people in the way that they would like to be served. You've got to know your members. And I think that was something that I always tried to do. I tried my hardest to find out what exactly it was that our members needed and wanted. Right. Um, I knew that the person that was coming in to fill my shoes, Brittany Arnold. Sorry, Brittany. Um, I knew that uh, Brittany was going to be awesome. So the last month that I was in that position, I really kind of took a major step backward and just kind of was there for assistance. I watched her do the work and then allowed her to ask questions as she needed to. And I'm still still answering those questions probably once a week. Um, I go by and just check in on her, but we talk nearly every day. She has questions and I mean, you're going to, it's just a, it's that transition phase. So what's it like being the go-between? Because you are, as a local leader on any issue, COVID aside, you're the go-between between educators in your local hundreds and the administration. Sometimes sometimes your plans and goals match. Sometimes they're opposites. How do you navigate those relationships and still keep all those relationships intact? I think you have to know what kind of, uh, how many chips you have and when to play those chips. Um, you've got to know people well. That's the very first thing that I tell people is yeah. build those relationships and really get to know people. Because when you need to play the chips that maybe you don't want to play, that you're not sure about, um, in that case, you really just need to to kind of really use it when you need it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's Carrie, I've, I've had the privilege of watching you over the years move into a full-time release vice president of one of our largest locals. Why? Why Why step in? Why uh, put your name on the line to run as vice president of the state association? So I think my answer to that is probably going to surprise people a little bit. Um, I've always told people don't run for vice president of something unless you know you want to be the president of something. Mm-hmm. Because of my experience in Penn, I was a vice president and then kind of took over unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you know, I, I really seriously probably wasn't, I wasn't sure that I wanted it. However, I asked myself if I thought that I could do the job and if I thought that I could do yeah. our members justice. And that was what ultimately made me make the decision was, did I feel like I was the right person for the job? And at the end of the day, the answer was yes. So that's why I decided to run. That's awesome. So you know, as we go into Labor Day and we we think about um, workers in our country, why is it important for any worker to be part of their professional association? Why is it especially important for educators and support professionals to be part of OEA? I really believe in one of the fundamental um, aspects of a union, which is solidarity. It's collective Mm -hmm. action. It's Mm -hmm. being able to know that you're not alone. There's so much value in being validated by your colleagues and knowing that you feel the same way that they feel Mm -hmm. and that you're standing in the trenches together to do what's right for our students. 
Love it. Put it on a mug. <laughs> well, thank you, Carrie, very much for taking time to come and visit with us and good luck in your first term. Oh, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here and I can't wait to serve our members. Can I can I just say something really quick? Yeah. So Carrie and I have got to be together. Well, what would you say, Carrie? Let's we've lost track of days. Yep. So since July the third, mm-hmm. Carrie has stepped into this role. Uh feet first. Um, positive thinking. We're working as a team and I am excited what we have to look forward to in our future. It is going to be great. It's been my pleasure. Well, let's take some time and catch up with Catherine. Such exciting news. The OEA is partnering with News 9 here in the Oklahoma City area for the News 9 OEA Student of the Week, Carrie. This is so awesome. Every week, we are going to be honoring one student in the News 9 viewing area. Which is huge. It's huge. It's it's everything but Tulsa. Yeah. And... um, And so we're going to honor students for both the work inside and outside of the classroom. So um, you can go to Mm news9.com slash student Mm -hmm. to enter or nominate a student of the week. And so you want to watch every Tuesday at six o'clock during the six o'clock news station. And they're going to announce the student of the week. I'm so excited for this. This is going to be great. For you teachers listening, you know that you've got kids you want to celebrate. It just makes me so happy. I love things like this. Like you can't see, but my heart is smiling right now. And, and it doesn't matter the age, what they do. This is, we need it now more than ever. Yes. Good Lord. Our kids. Yeah. They have been doing it. Yeah. Like, our yeah. teachers and support staff have been working their tails off and doing the thing. And our kids yes. have been right there with they them have. doing it yes. during this crazy yeah. time. So what a beautiful way to celebrate yes. who they are. And just a reminder, I know we've talked about this before, but this is uh, September the 3rd. We are starting our test prep series, yeah. our online series. And so you can go to OKEI. There it is. OKEI. There it is dot org slash test prep. Yes. And you can find out what those specific sessions are. And don't forget to also go to the website and click on the code to get half off of your OSAT test. It's incredible. And the, as someone who is alternatively certified and not having done some of that stuff for a few years, like I love this because it is refreshing your mind, getting you ready. And it's more like sometimes you need more than just like a a practice test. Exactly. This is like timely professional learning, ready to help you be successful. Taught by college educators, like faculty. Like this is, I I love this. I think this is the coolest thing. I think this could be a game changer. And it's free. Yeah. For our members. Free for members. There you go. So last but not least, happy Labor Day. This is such an exciting holiday. We also think this is like the time where you no longer can wear white going forward. (laughs) But it's it's so much more than that. Can I? Well, it is. Can I say that I always wear white on Election Day? Regardless, there of the you time go. Of year. I live out loud, but it is. It's a time to celebrate workers, including teachers yeah. and support staff who work so hard under normal conditions and have just been working so impossibly hard for the past, you know, three school years yeah. as we've been affected by yeah. by COVID. You know, I think I think back to the history of 
our labor movement mm-hmm. and the, the founders of our labor movement. And if they could see now the work that they established mm-hmm. to make sure that we have working, safe working, healthy work environments, weekends, equitable pay, you just, it goes end on of the and work on day. and on. Yes. yes. And there's so. still so much to do. Yeah. Catherine, yeah. how are you celebrating Labor Day? Uh, hopefully just to celebrate with my family and rest and relax because that's what we need to be doing. We are taking a, uh, outdoorsy sort of trip to Missouri as a family. So we're going to do out, outdoor, outdoor things kind of away from folks, you know, as we, and, uh, but we got to take your mosquito spray. Yes. But we're going to be, so we're going to celebrate being outside and being together as a family. And just relaxing. That's what we should be doing on Labor Day. Yes. Well, we want to say thank you so much to uh, OEA Vice President Carrie Elledge for joining us today. Thank you, Catherine, for taking time to to visit about the board's action. And thank you for joining us uh, and listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Copernall-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.